Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Would you join me as we open in prayer? Heavenly Father, we um, gather together now this morning to worship you. We're just again so thankful and grateful that we have uh, this opportunity to worship you with our brothers and sisters um, who love Christ and who are desiring to live for Christ as well. And so, Lord, we are grateful for this time, Lord. We don't take this time for granted. And uh, we just pray, Lord God, that now as we continue to worship you and as we worship you in walking through your word, we ask that, Lord, you would work in our hearts. We ask that uh, even right now you would um, soften us to yourself, soften us to your words. And pray, Lord, too, that you'd work in our minds so that we would be um, fixated on you, so our attention would be on you and on glorifying you and exalting you. Uh, so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you be here and uh, move in our midst, in our hearts, in our lives. And Lord, I ask for your help that, uh, just again, you'd not let me get in the way of what you're doing this morning. Uh, but Lord, help me to be um, a faithful mouse, mouthpiece for you as you uh, speak to each one of us this morning. So we love you and are grateful for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we uh, begin this morning, I just want to simply ask, uh, ask a question as, as we begin. Um, what, are, what are the things you think about the most? Now, you don't have to answer out loud. Um, <laughs> but what, what is, you just, just reflect right now, what are the things you think about the most? Maybe even the, the top three things you think about the most. I mean, for, for any one of us, those could be a number of things, right? It could be, could be money, could be work, uh, could be sports. What's that? You are answering out loud? No. <laughs> What's that? Food. Yes, food. Exactly. We think about food, right? Um, we maybe, maybe think and reflect on upcoming vacations or uh, future plans that we may have. Uh, we, may, we may think often about what others think of us. Uh, it can be material things, can be immaterial things, right? But when we reflect just on what we, we think about the most, there, there's a truth that what we think about the most reflects what we value the most, what we cherish the most, what we enjoy the most. And as, as believers, as followers of Christ, as we uh, just saw here in our text this morning, uh, we're, we're to be people who fixate our, our attention, our gaze uh, on Jesus Christ. And, and we'll see that as we walk through uh, this passage a little bit. Uh, we're going to really primarily focus on verses 1 and 2 um, as we walk through this. But we'll see today that, that we're, we're called to set our minds on things that are above to fix our attention, our gaze on things that are above. Um, and we're here in this book of Colossians here this morning. Colossians was written by uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul wrote uh, to the church in Colossae, to the, the, the Colossian 
believers who were uh, primarily uh, Gentile believers. And Paul wrote them this letter, and Paul wrote them this letter even though uh, he had actually never been to the church in Colossae. He'd never actually been there. But even though Paul had not been there, he, he felt a close uh, affinity and love for the Colossian believers. And so Paul, uh, he actually even calls them still one of his churches uh, because he felt such, such love and care for them. And, and Paul, uh, loving them, knowing them, knows what's, what, what they're walking through. And so Paul wrote this letter to, to encourage them to, to continue um, to faithfully uh, live in the truth of Jesus Christ. Paul, one of Paul's themes throughout the book of Colossians is the sovereignty and the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things. That he, he's the firstborn of all creation, the image of the invisible God, right? Paul's pointing to the, the supremacy and the sovereignty uh, of Jesus Christ. So Paul's encouraging them to continue in the truth of who Jesus is. And Paul's also encouraging the believers in Colossians, uh, warning them against false teaching. In particular, the, their, the false teaching that was permeating uh, throughout the Colossian church was that there were religious rules and regulations that you had to follow in order to be saved. That there were specific rules and regulations to follow to be saved. See, these, these false teachers were, were telling the, the Colossian believers that Jesus isn't enough. They were teaching uh, the Colossian believers that it's Jesus plus something. It's Jesus plus. And so Paul's writing this, this, this book to encourage the Colossian believers that, that that's not the case. I mean, essentially, the believers in Colossians were feeling inadequate because there was a whole list of rules and regulations that were put forth for them to follow. Uh, if you look back in chapter 2, verses 16 and 19, we'll just read through this because we see some of the um, legalistic rules that uh, false teachers were teaching. Paul says, uh, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, to Jesus, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. So these false teachers were, were teaching the, the Colossian believers uh, to, to follow specific rules in terms of food and drink and festivals and um, asceticism, self-punishment of worship of angels and focusing on visions rather than God's word. And uh, we can say that we, we sense the same in our day, don't we, brothers and sisters? Uh, in in our, our, our time, we're flooded with, uh, with uh, different avenues of false teaching as well. Flooded with blog posts and social media accounts and books and Radio shows, I mean, there's a podcast for, for anything that anyone can get their hands on. You, know, you, can, you can read or hear anything that says Jesus plus veganism and you're saved, right? <laughs> Jesus plus no dairy, you're saved. Whatever, whatever the, the, the current trend can be, we can, we can read and hear of, of such false teaching as well. There's lots of voices trying to, to speak to us, but what Paul 
is, is focusing on, and what God wants us to hear today too, is that Jesus is enough. Amen? Jesus is enough. Our, our salvation, our right standing with God, comes only through the work of Jesus Christ. We, we can't add anything to, to be saved. We can't add anything to ensure our salvation. This is the good news. The good news is that, that God in his love for us knew that we would be people who needed a savior. Knew that as sinful, wretched people, we couldn't save ourselves. And so it was always in God's plan to send Jesus to the earth, which he did coming in the form of a baby, growing into, into a man, fully man, fully God. Again, concept that blows our minds away, right? But Jesus, God in flesh, came to the earth. And he died the death that we deserve to die for our sin. He died in our place. Went to the cross, taking all of our sin upon himself, and as the God-man, giving us all of his righteousness so that we can be in the presence of our holy God that we just sang about in our first song this morning. That when we trust in Jesus and in his work on the cross, we're forgiven, we're saved, we're given life. We can't add anything to that. Jesus has paid it all. Amen? Jesus is enough. Jesus is the one who gives us life, who gives us salvation. Nothing we can do can add to that. And we're saved when we, when we believe in him and we submit to him and when we, we surrender to him. And we're, we're now alive in him. Um, verse uh, 20 in chapter 2 talks about how we, we've died to the, the elemental spirits of the world. And in verse 5 and following in chapter 3, we see what those elemental spirits of the world are. That we've, we've died to what's earthly. Verse 5, Paul says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And further in verse 8, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. When we submit to Jesus Christ, when we surrender to him and when we trust in him as, as Lord and Savior, we're, our old self has died. Amen? Our old self that's just, just laid out here in these two verses that we just read. That has died. And we're now alive in Jesus Christ. We're now no longer walking in sin, but we're alive and raised in Jesus Christ. And when we, when we know that this is true of us, when we've surrendered to Christ, who came to die for each one of us, we'll be grateful that God saved sinful people like us. We'll be grateful, we'll be thankful. And that, that gratitude that we have for God and what he's done for us, is what fuels our obedience. We obey not to be saved, but we obey because we've been saved. Amen? We, we walk with God because we've been saved and we want to uh, honor him and glorify him and walk in his ways and continually be changed by the Holy Spirit who works in us. We'll live differently because we're raised and because we're alive in Jesus Christ. And so all of that kind of brings us to verse 1 in chapter 3. Not kind of, but it does. Brings us to chapter 3. In verse 1 we read that, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above 
where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Uh, this, this if is the Greek word aeon, which uh, can be translated if, since, therefore, or because. And so when we follow the flow of, of Colossians, um, and I'm not making this up, lots of scholars say the same, a better translation would be since or because. Since you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Because Christ has saved us, because he's enough, because he's enough, we've been raised with him. We've been given new life in him. And so because we've been raised in him, we were to seek heavenly things, as we see here. Our focus shifts from seeking all that has to do with, with uh, our, our following our own passions and pursuits to now seeking to exalt Jesus Christ, seeking to honor and glorify God, and seeking to walk in the Holy Spirit. Earthly things lose their taste when we've been changed and transformed. Amen? Isn't that true? Earthly things lose their taste. And we'll now seek the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and walking in his spirit. Um, this verb here, too, in, in, in verse 1, seek the things that are above, seek uh, is a present imperative, is the, the, the grammatical term, and it shows a continuous, ongoing effort. There's a, there's a persistence. That we're, we're people that because we've been transfor- transformed and changed by Christ, we're, we're seeking We have been seeking, we are seeking, and we will continually seek the things that are above. In speaking on this verse, uh, Pastor Kent Hughes says, we are not to be seeking heavenly geography, but the one who dwells there. We're not to be seeking heavenly geography, but the one who dwells there. To, To seek the things that are above is to set our minds on Jesus Christ. It's to set our minds on our Savior who saves sinful lost people like you and like me. When we're dead to sin and when we're alive to Christ, we will be seeking him. Amen? We will. In verse 2, we read, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. The command here is is where our, our attention should go and where it should no longer be. There, there are many things that can distract us, aren't there? Many things that can grab a hold of our attention. Maybe even right now, possibly something else. No, but there are many things, right, that, 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 that grab our attention, good things and bad things. I mean, we, we, we can often focus on, on family. Family is good, amen? Family is a good thing. Work, work is good. God created work can often focus on, on ministry or, or serving God. Those are good things. But it's not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be focusing on him. Amen? And all of those, those other areas of life to flow out of and to be shaped by our focus on him. And if we're honest, too, there are lots of bad things that can, can grab our attention and, and shift our attention, too. We have hurts. We have pains. We have difficult relationships. We have... Um, financial stress. Uh, we have uh, just many different things that are, are hard that we walk through in life that can grab our attention as well. There's many things in our daily lives that are neither good nor bad that can grab our attention, right? We have many household tasks, caring for the children, caring for the grandchildren, 
sweeping, vacuuming, cleaning toilets, what, what meal to make next. Ladies and guys too, how often do you spend thinking about what meal you're going to make next? Right? Too much. <laughs> right? But we do. We have work tasks too. We have meetings to prepare for. We have appointments to keep. We have deadlines to meet. We have all sorts of, all sorts of things in life that, that grab a hold of our attention. But when we're changed by Christ, we will walk through these tasks in a way that is seeking to glorify God, exalt Christ, and walk in the Spirit. And setting our, our minds uh, on, on God, on things that are above, on Jesus Christ, is a deliberate act of our will. That when we set our minds to something, we do it. It's true, isn't it? When we set our minds to something, we, we do it. You know, how many of you are, are like me, that when you... Um, need to purchase something, need to, need to find something new, you research a lot. I mean, I, d- I did this when we, we were looking for a tent for our family a couple years ago. Had a budget, knew what I needed, and I, I scoured uh, reading reviews online, what I could get for the price. I, was, I did the same thing two weeks ago. I just needed a new pair of tennis shoes. Like, how weird is that? I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to get the best tennis shoe I could get for the price I had to put into tennis shoes. When we, when we have our minds set on something, we, we, it takes time and effort and energy, doesn't it? But we're willing to put that time and effort and energy into it. Our, our mindset, changing our mindset, is a deliberate act of our will. It takes desire and time and effort and energy. And we, by the Spirit's help, can see that happen in our lives, to fix our gaze and our attention on Jesus Christ. And it begins just simply with a prayer, brothers and sisters, doesn't it? Just simply with a prayer. Lord, help me to set my gaze upon you. Help me to set my mind on things that are above. It's a good prayer in the morning. It's a good prayer uh, in the afternoon. It's a good prayer in the evening. It's a good prayer all throughout the day, isn't it? that God will help us to fix our, our attention on him. Because when we, when we ask God, when we come to him in prayer, which is the, the, the simplest yet most powerful thing we can do, amen? The simplest thing we can do is sit before God and bring our request to him. But the most powerful thing we can do, because the sovereign God overall hears us and acts and works. But when we ask God, in line with his word, he grants it to us. Amen? When we ask God in line with his word, he grants it to us. The Bible doesn't show us that God wants us to have a new car, so it'd be foolish to ask for that, right? But the Bible does show us that God cares about where our minds are. And when we ask him to help us with that, he'll help us. He will help us. He'll give us this mindset, and he'll, he'll transform us. He'll, he'll renew us. He'll help us to, to keep our attention fixed on him. Begins with prayer, but then also must be saturated in the word. Amen? It's hard to fix our attention and our gaze upon God and set our minds on glorifying God and exalting Christ and walking in the spirit if we don't know what God requires of us in his word. John MacArthur says that heavenly thoughts can only come by understanding heavenly realities from Scripture. 
can only come by understanding heavenly realities from Scripture. If we're, if we're not people who are immersed in the Word, we're not going to walk in ways that, that please God or honor God or glorify God. We're just not because we're not going to know how. If we're not, not using and, and saturated, saturated in, focused on God's words, we're not going to know how to walk. Just as, as manuals show us, know how to, how to, show us how to do things, right? I mean, we get a manual when we get a new kitchen appliance, don't we? We get uh, instructions when we get a, a, a shelf to put together or a toy to put together, parents, right, grandparents. Just as manuals show us how to do things, the Bible shows us how to live God's way. The Bible shows us how to live with our minds on things that, that glorify God, exalt Christ, and walk in the Spirit. And a big way that God shows us is, is in our relationships. He shows us how to uh, set our minds on him and our relationships with, with him and also with others. We just kind of talked about how to uh, live in relationship with God in a way that keeps our minds focused on him. But God also helps us in our relationships with, with believers and unbelievers. God helps us. With, with believers, with each other, we'll, when our minds are, are fixated on, on things that are above, on Jesus Christ, we'll be grace-filled people, won't we? We'll be people who are, who are quick to forgive. We'll be people who are slow to anger. We'll be people who, who want things right with each other, who confess our sins to each other. Um, I don't know if you remember, I think it was 2010 when um, pastor and author Matt Chandler was diagnosed with a uh, um, uh, brain tumor, with brain cancer. And he was given a short period of time uh, to live. Um, by God's grace, he's still alive today and cancer-free. Uh, during that time, I remember um, hearing him talk about just what he was walking through in his own life. And he talked about how he, he had never confessed more sin to more people than any other time in his life. Not because he, he, he needed to just get it off his chest and be uh, uh, add to his salvation, kind of like what we were talking about. Because he wanted his relationships with people to be right now before he went to heaven, as best as he could. I've gone through seasons of that too. Have you guys? It's, it's good to have uh, sweet fellowship with each other, this side of eternity, as best as we can, isn't it? God, God wants us to be people who are um, living with, with grace towards each other, living with love towards each other. Um, if you could turn back to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Um, it's a chapter that we hear often in, in weddings, but uh, uh, the context has to do with uh, how we uh, function and live together in our relationships with each other in the church. 1 Corinthians 3, 4 through 7, talks about the love that as believers we should have for each other. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we're changed by Jesus Christ, and when we are seeking to live with 
our minds uh, focused on glorifying God, exalting Christ, and walking in the Spirit, we'll have, have love for each other. Amen? We'll hear more next week, so I'm not going to cut you off at your feet, Dad. Um, but God, the Holy Spirit, shapes us to live with grace and love towards each other. And he also helps us in our relationships with unbelievers to have uh, a heavenward mindset in our relationships with unbelievers is that we'll be people who want to make Jesus known. Amen? We we'll want to be people who, who want to see lost come to saving faith. Just as Jesus has saved us and redeemed us, we'll want to see unbelievers know that same salvation. We'll, we'll look for opportunities to tell others of Jesus who saved uh, undeserving people like us and that he can save them too. They surrender to him. We'll, we'll, we'll desire and, and look for ways to speak the good news and to let our light shine. The, that person who may be asking for money maybe doesn't need money. Maybe needs someone to stop to them and talk to them and share Jesus Christ with them, possibly for the first time in their entire life. God gives us many opportunities to, to share Jesus Christ, to, to let him uh, speak to those who don't yet know him. May we be his mouthpiece. It's been said uh, of some Christians, um, and I quote, it's no surprise that the world does not know they belong to Christ because they do not act or shine like it. May we be people who speak the good news of Christ, but also with heavenward mindsets, act and live as though we are changed people. Amen? We should be different. We should be different. May we boldly shine for Jesus in all uh, opportunities and circumstances that, that come our way. Um, I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen to us? People won't like us. People might uh, make fun of us. Maybe our, our reputation would be tarnished, whatever reputation we think we have. Let's focus instead on our reputation before God. Amen. We're not to, to set our minds on the things of this earth. Material things, sure, but also immaterial things. If we not set our minds on immaterial things like earthly honors or position or advancement or, or others' perceptions of us. Instead, let's set our minds on how we'll please God. Amen? Let's set our minds on cherishing the gospel. Amen? Let's set our minds on living out the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's live out the Great Commission, shining for Jesus Christ in all things. In verses 3 through 4, uh, such a great reminder here. We read these words, For if you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when, your, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And such a sweet reminder for us, brothers and sisters, that when we've died to sin, we'll be alive in Jesus Christ. We'll be raised up with Jesus Christ. That our, our citizenship is guaranteed in heaven where we'll be in perfect relationship with our eternal God and with each other. Amen. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Such a cool word. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God secure. We're eternally secure, brothers and sisters. And if you don't yet know Jesus, 
your life and be secure in him too. And you surrender to him and submit to him as Lord and Savior of your life. Essentially, what we see here in, in our text this morning is, is to have minds that are focused on the gospel and focused on living out the gospel. Focused on Jesus and focused on walking in his ways. Um, the great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, Time is short. Eternity is long. It is only reasonable that this short life be lived in the light of eternity. Amen. How are we doing living in the light of eternity, brothers and sisters? Is our focus on the here and now, or, or do we live with eternity in mind, setting our minds on, on living in ways that honor God and exalt Christ and walk in his spirit? Brothers and sisters, may we set our minds on things that are above. Amen? We set our minds on God himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Um, we praise you and thank you for your word. We praise you and thank you, Lord, that um, as such uh, weak and sinful people that we are, <clears throat> that you do help us as we walk through this life to live transformed lives because we've been shaped and changed by Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that you would continue to do this in us, Lord, as we... Um, just saw that, that this is a, a persistent, ongoing process for us, that we would be uh, seeking you and setting our minds on you. Um, Lord, we praise you and thank you for the ways that you do that in our lives. We, we praise you and thank you for, um, just even now, how you may be encouraging us or challenging us in that. And we praise you too, Lord, for, for help as we walk through the rest of the days of our lives to, to set our attention on you, on focusing on you, and in living in light of having our, our attention fixated upon you. Uh, so we do ask, Holy Spirit, that you would shape us and change us and mold us and help us, we ask. Um, help us to um, live uh, um, in right relationship with you in a way that pleases you, but also in right relationship with each other in a way that exalts you and um, um, encourages our brothers and sisters to know you and also, uh, Lord, maybe shines for those who don't yet know you, to know life in you. So help us, Lord God, to faithfully uh, live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>